You're listening to The Process, where we talk to some of the industry's most talented artists, including film, TV, and game. From concept artists to previs to 3D animators and visual effects artists, we talk about a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind and workflow of each artist. For any visuals discussed in this episode, we've provided a link to images and videos should you need a bit more context. Or you can watch a video podcast on YouTube. Hey, Yoris. Nice to meet you. You too, man. You too. How was things? You good? Yeah, good. Very good. Thanks for joining us today and, and jumping onto this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And very excited to be speaking with you today. I can see a bunch of your work in the background I'm just being very nosy here, just looking around. I'm good. That's, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> I can roll. I can uh, show around a little bit of studio. Oh, yeah, room. studio tour. Oh, this is brilliant. Uh, where, where's the other rest of the team today? What are they up to? What are you up to? How's your Friday? Yeah, they, we, uh, we all have small children, so a lot oh. of times we need to go home. And I made sure they were uh, gone so I could do this. Are, are you also a 3D artist yourself or not? Yeah, so... My background is pre-visualization, so I've been in the industry since 2009. So yeah, it's not animation, it's uh, yeah visualization. So making very fancy storyboards into fully animated 3D versions and concepts for directors. Right. So we do a lot of that. And then we started um, the company in 2018 just because I was kind of a bit fed up of traveling away to like London and working away. So I wanted to sort of set up our own studio closer to home, basically. And here we are three or four years later. Uh, where are you based? Uh, we're based in uh, England. So the, the middle of England, so the West Midlands. So we're based in uh, around that area. Have you been okay. into the middle of England before? I've been to Edinburgh, but that's not, that's higher. I think I've been there. I did London a few times, okay. but never, uh, no. Never in the middle. No. It sounds lovely. Yeah. It's a, we, my girlfriend likes to watch uh, Midsummer Murders. That's oh, always brilliant. Yeah, classic. Riding around to the country. I, that's, that's why I think it's <laughs> uh, Looking at the A Single Life, we heard the story of the Back to the Future. Can you just tell us that story real quick? That's... Oh, well, what happened was we, uh, we were nominated for an Oscar, which was uh, something we never expected uh, to happen put a little Easter egg in our film, uh, which was part of a, of a background, which has on a book, Time is by my side by Marty McFly, <laughs> because it's a time loop traveling film, a single life. So we thought, uh, maybe play it based on homage to the best, uh, time travel, uh, movie ever. Absolutely. And uh, no problem, just fun for the Dutch uh, audience. And then it got nominated for an Oscar. So even, uh, so people in Hollywood also got to see it and we were really worried because you, you never know uh, if uh, somebody, uh, you're not allowed to use a name Martin McFly. So we thought maybe this could be a problem. And where we were in LA, we got an email with a big Back to the Future uh, header. And we thought this is the end. We're going to get sued and uh, we're going to be disqualified. And it's the end of our, of our dream. But it turned out that uh, the guy, uh, Bob Gill, uh, liked to sing live and he was a voting member. So he said he was going to vote for it. And uh, that was it. So. <sighs> That was great, but people were really, really worried. Yeah, <laughs> that's such an incredible um, story. And yeah, you would be terrified. You'd think, you know, we're going to get sued or fined or, you know, a bit of a slap yeah. on the wrist. That's incredible. I bet you were so relieved when you found yeah, out that. Yeah, it's, it's really weird that they, 
there, there's some sort of advantage of making stuff that nobody sees. Yeah. Because it doesn't really matter what you do. But if if it, all of a sudden something you make is on a on a global stage, then also you got all those kinds of problems. Yeah. But luckily, yeah. Uh, besides the name uh, Marty McFly, everything was ours. So we didn't Brilliant. have any other problems. The music was ours and it was all uh, okay. Great. Have you, have you framed the letter by any chance yeah, in the office? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Let's have a look. It's one of the, those letters up there. Oh, amazing. You've got a, yeah, that's a must, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, uh, hello, uh, my name is uh, Joris Oakwins. I'm uh, one of the directors of the Dutch animation studio, uh, Job, Joris and Marike. We've done a lot of uh, short films. A few short films you might have seen is uh, um, the short film A Single Life, which was nominated for an uh, Academy Award. Uh, we did a short film called uh, uh, Heads Together, uh, which was uh, uh, which won an Emmy Award. We did a short film called Otto, um, Mute. Uh, maybe some people have saw, uh, seen that one. And uh, one of our most recent uh, short films is A Double Life. I think we have a, quite a, a signature uh, uh, look, so a lot of times when you've when you've seen something of ours, you will probably recognize the second time. Was was that something that was um, considered as a style choice from the very start? Like, let's make something that's visually memorable and and that's us. Or, or did it just happen? Well, it basically just happened. When the first time we did something that was a bit similar to this, the look we're using right now, I think Mutes was the first project we did. Uh, oh no, uh, uh, a music video we did for the, in the Netherlands uh, for uh, Dutch rapper Casper Doel, uh, which was in the Netherlands a big hit. And the look of those uh, uh, characters uh, without, a, without a neck, without a nose, uh, that was some sort of signature look, I think. And uh, every film we tried to do something else. And then afterwards, everybody said, oh, it's typically Job Joris and Rieke. So we're, we have a very hard time in uh, making something very different. <laughs> but uh, interest, interestingly enough, we were working right now on a new short film. I can't say that much about it yet, I'm afraid, but but it's, it's a short seven-minute uh, short uh, film about a photo, uh, like a, a picture album. Uh, parents struggling to finish the picture album for their uh, uh, children. That's basically the, uh, the starting point. And we really wanted to make sure that the look of the film was 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 uh, very different from uh, our, our previous look right. because we like it that people can recognize it, but sometimes it there's a danger that it becomes um, uh, dull because people already have seen it. So you have to make it uh, try to make it fresh for yourself and for the audience. Sure. And also, a lot of times uh, people uh, when they see a work, they immediately think it's uh, for children oh, and. God. We don't really think our work is for children. Sometimes it is, like uh, the, the the children's series Swap we just made. That's definitely definitely for children. But a lot of times it's not, and uh, we wanted to find a, find a new look that was uh, a bit different and also a bit less uh, uh, child uh, yeah. pleasing. And I, I think we 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 managed that. But you get to see that when we uh, finish the film. Brilliant. We look forward to it. So your stuff is definitely cute characters with a really the you know, dark moments in there that's kind of like a really fun balance. Something that you wouldn't expect from such cartoon, like childlike character design. So it's a nice surprise to, to watch these films, you know. Yeah, I, I think, for instance, our short film Mute, it's a short film about people that don't have a mouth and they, uh, uh, they um, discover that with child objects they can make their own mouth and then they start singing. That's basically the whole, the whole film. 
I love the different ways that people start cutting their mouth off. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really a lot of fun to to just come up with a list of every sharp object that could. Was you just like looking around, looking around the uh, kitchen in the office, going, "Hmm." We, we we thought about that film as an example that if we would have made that film less cute, it would be more horrible, probably. And uh, a lot of children watch it and still think it's funny and cute, but. If it would, if our characters would be more lifelike, this this idea wouldn't work. When we first saw the character uh, designs, it's something that you can imagine being almost like merchandise and like a collectible toy figures as physical yeah. toys. Um, is that something for potentially the future yeah. or, or something that you've considered? No, that's that's a, a good observation because when we pitched the the the, the style for uh, for swap and also when we wanted to explain to our team. What the idea and the style of animation and the style of uh, of the backgrounds and everything, uh, we always uh, think of it as as if these characters are vinyl toys. Ah. We have a stop motion background, so we oh, used really? to uh, we we also have a few of our, our our stop motion characters here, so we used to make them with uh, with silicon and an archer and everything. So that's our way of thinking is really uh, based on uh, stop motion, and we really like vinyl toys. So when we were doing the shading and the lighting and the animation, we always thought, how would a silicon uh, puppet uh, look like and move? It's far from a quite old project, but here you can see a few of our uh, stop motion uh, characters we we made years ago. And uh, uh, with Swalk, we also 3D printed a few of our characters. Oh, brilliant. Yes. They really do Not work. Like Oh, great. Yeah, and and uh, their heads can be swapped if you if you have them. But it's not really merchandise, as is as in um, uh, we only made uh, like forty for the team. They look brilliant, and they really do work both CG and as as little characters in the in the real world. So yeah, great. I I, th I think for us the the scale has always been important. That uh, you could imagine if you animate a character that it's a lifelike a life sized character. But we never think of our characters as being uh, 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 two meters long. They're always 20 centimeters long. So that's, uh, I think that's the, the stop motion part of our uh, DNA. Going back to your stop motion uh, background, how did you transition from the stop motion world into the CG world? I mean, personally or as a studio? Can you just tell us about that? Uh, we, we, we started out, uh, I don't know if you know the character Miffy. That's a, a, a white rabbit. Yes. For children. Yeah, yeah. Miffy Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, we used to uh, animate that uh, as as freelancers, and uh, we also did our own stop motion projects oh. where we started out. Uh, that was in two thousand three, I think, and we didn't really um, think that highly of uh, CGI because there weren't much stuff we we thought was uh, was good looking. So we we uh, kind of figured that if you want to do something that looks good, you can't use CGI mm -hmm. at that point. We came across the studio uh, AKA in uh, in London. They made oh, Jojo and the Stars. Yeah. I don't know if you ever yeah. saw. Yeah, we were really blown away by the way their CGI looked. It was like it looked a little bit like um, uh, like designer toys to us. So we uh, that that was a bit of a, the point that we thought maybe uh, we could switch to CGI. And it was also uh, when we started to work with clients. Uh, because before that we were just students and you can do, you can take as much time as you want, but if you work with clients, it has to be faster and they want to change everything at the last moment and stop motion. That's, that's, that's horror. No. So <laughs> that, 
that, that was the reason we should we, we figured out CGI is the, the best solution for us. I mean, I'm a massive fan of stop motion. We've got a, a reputable stop motion company in where we live uh, called uh, Yaminations. So they do stop okay. motion. When I first got into the industry, I was on a stop motion project, a feature film stop motion for uh, a company. You might have heard of uh, Ardman. So they do uh, yeah. Wallace and Gromit and all that stuff in, in England. So, yeah. Which film? Uh, it was Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. Or I, the American release was Pirates, uh, A Band of Misfits. So it's a stop motion yeah, yeah. feature film about pirates and Ham Knight. And, yeah, this, oh, nice, really, yeah, really nice. Yeah, so that was my first experience way back in the industry. And yeah, always loved stop motion, of course, as a kid. It's just really interesting to ask that, you know, stop motion to CGI, like there was flushed away, there was the attempt at kind of recreating a yeah. stop motion look. And I think you see more and more replications or stylized CG to kind of replicate and have a feel of, of, of a physical puppet. I think for us, it's always a bit of a, a discussion point. If, uh, if we, uh, we want our, our characters to be like, you want to touch them, that they're, they're very uh, tactile and, 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 um, enlightening and everything. Yeah. Like for instance, we couldn't add dirt or fingerprints on them to make them look really stop motiony, but that would feel like cheating. It, if it feels stop motion, we're happy. But if, if 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 people think we're mimicking or imitating stop motion, then we're, we've gone too far. That's not what we're aiming for. And for instance, uh, we learned a, a basic way of making pupils, uh, making eyes when we did stop motion. That's the way we think about how you would rig an eye, so, and that's not how CGI would 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 think about that. We we just uh, liked watching films together and making films. I started out first with action and after that started out uh, doing uh, animation and stop motion but we never really learned the craft uh, in any school so where we started out with CGI uh, a very simple rig was the the, the the most we could do so you do find ways to like how do we just simplify it down to its most simple form it was really interesting when we were working on our uh, um, uh, animated series swap which is uh, 12 times 10 minutes. So that's quite a lot of yeah. uh, animation we needed to make. And we hired really skilled uh, riggers, animators, uh, and modelers for that job. And they were all uh, better in that craft than, than I am, which was a bit intimidating uh, at first. And we asked them to do something quite simple, but it was really hard because they they can do much more complicated stuff, but we asked them do- Do less. Do but, less. Yeah. And, and it, 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 sometimes it felt like we had we had a Ferrari and we asked it to ride only ten miles an hour. <laughs> so it, it, for instance, the rigger, uh, his his taste was probably make it more elaborate and more possibilities. And uh, there was always a battle. So make sure that they do less, uh, uh, but then take the time to do less to, to really uh, really focus on the acting and the, the emotions and everything. But uh, we were not really impressed if the animation was very difficult or that's not something we, we like. It's, it just has to convey the emotion. And a lot of times a very easy gesture or easy solution works uh, better. Um, going back to where you started, it was music videos from, from the start. Was that, is that yeah. correct? We uh, started the studio with the three of us, uh, Marika and Jop and I, but uh, we didn't really have a portfolio that's, that resembles what we could do. Uh, luckily, uh, Jop, uh, the, one of uh, one of us, is also a composer and magician. 
uh, and he made a, um, uh, uh, he was working on his debut album for Happy Camper. And for this album, he had a, a, a frontman, uh, which was uh, a White Yeti. We uh, uh, we designed a White Yeti as his frontman, and we made music videos with uh, with him. And that was a, a bit of the star of of us uh, entering the Dutch uh, music video scene. So the twi- the second music video was uh, one of the biggest hits in the Netherlands uh, uh, till now. That was just love. Brilliant. So that was that was how you kick started, and you got a portfolio as a studio. Look what we can do. Yeah, and I think something we had to learn was in the beginning we thought uh, people can can figure out that we can do those things, but ad agencies are pretty lazy. If you haven't done it, they don't know you can do it. So you have to make sure you, you you've done it. And, and the other thought thing that we had to learn was that they don't really like to be uh, to be approached with your work. They like to uh, to discover you sure. yourself. And then after a while, we thought maybe we can make uh, the, the same uh, the same duration, like four minutes, but then without a song, um, and call it a short film. And that became mute. So that was our debut short film. We we couldn't find uh, funding to make the film, but we could make it in our spare time. And uh, we also there we learned that if you make something uh, like that, like a short film that goes viral. Agencies know how to know your name and 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 get fight you and then you you earn money anyway afterwards. We always hoped that people uh, see our independent stuff and then uh, approach us for uh, for a job. For that reason, we always feel like uh, the independent stuff is really worth a lot of our time because it always there's always a spin-off that's uh, that, that's important. Without funding, you were making it in your spare time. How long did it take to make this, and and when did you, when and how did you find the time to get that finished? It took us about five, six weeks or something to make oh, really? it. Really, pretty pretty fast That's for really for fast. And also, uh, our our the films that came after that, we had funding for those a lot of times. But with with three of us, we could work really fast. Also, because we uh, we can come up with stories ourselves. We can uh, write, uh, direct, animate. Uh, art, art direct and also do the music and in the beginning also do the sound effects ourselves so it takes a lot of time but it doesn't cost a lot of money because you could do everything in-house the project that we are going to specifically talk about uh today is a double life so it's a, a dark comedy about a husband and wife whose different ideas of gender conformity lead to an unexpected confrontation so can you just tell us a little bit about the background of this project, uh, Yoris, and how it came about? It's a short film from a few years back. So it's 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 it's, uh, it's before the pandemic. So it's like three, four years back when we remade it. Uh, it's, it's very short. It's two minutes and uh, 30 seconds long, I think. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have a project which is called uh, Ultra Kort. Ultra Short is called. And uh, the basic idea is um, uh, every year a few filmmakers get the opportunity to make a very short film that would be like a featurette for uh, feature films in cinemas. And that's a great opportunity because a lot of times when you make a short film, you don't really have that much opportunities to present it to an audience. But if you get screened before a James Bond film, a lot of people get to see it. So it's really a popular spot. And uh, A Single Life is also made uh, in, in this project. So... That's all the, the reason that the single life and the double life are both very short. Um, so that's that. That was a starting point. We we wanted to make a very short film again, and we once were working on a, a project where uh, on a story uh, in which we liked the idea that if you uh, love each other, each person 
tries to become a little bit like the other person. And in the end, you just have two of the same persons. By now, uh, everywhere, there was a lot of uh, attention for people that don't feel like they're in the, in, in the right party, but also we, 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 we like the, the idea that it's, it's, it's not only that she uh, decides to become a man, but she decides to become him. One of the things I like about it is that it's a lot of twists in only two minutes. It's, it's really fun. It's really fun to, to animate and direct. Let's just talk about the whole process. So it's typically for you guys, it's the, you know, brainstorming ideas, writing sessions, and then typically is it storyboards, little character sketches? Uh, this film was funded by the Dutch uh, Film Fund. And uh, then you have to show your idea before you get the money to make it. So we always have to make sure that we have a some sort of artwork, or maybe you could also call that a previous, but, but make sure people that decide if we get the money or not, that they, they understand the style and the story. So, and it's a lot of times it's completely different from what it uh, uh, became. Uh, we do a lot of uh, optimization. So this character is, uh, it's not as, as chubby as, as, as the ones from Mute, but it still doesn't have a neck and it hardly has a nose. Uh, is this the pillow sausage? This has gone full sausage. Yeah, that's the pillow sausage discussion. Amazing. <laughs> So, so here you can see that we, we, we simply uh, try a few uh, optimization from where the eyes, where the mouth uh, should be. Uh, here's a, a part of the storyboard, which is, is very basic for our style. It's not really uh, necessary to make storyboards very elaborate. We, 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 we prefer to make the, the artwork as close as we can get to a, to a final image. And then if you look at the storyboard, you can imagine sure. how it would look. And uh, this is also interesting in, in the character design uh, discussion. The key emotion for this uh, short story is disgust. We found out that if you want to make sure that your character has disgust, he has to be able to raise his nose a little bit. So we had to make a nose, for instance, in nice. the single life or in auto or in mute. Our characters didn't have a nose. Mm -hmm. And this is the part of the storyboard. We figured that if he's uh, a very confident, manly man, we thought... He's so confident in his uh, masculinity that he could wear pink, pink yeah. and have a, a bond on his hat. Yeah. So that was an important part. And uh, we like to make uh, the, the, the the settings uh, very specific. So uh, a, a lot of times in animation, you see like uh, people in a make-believe house or um, uh, a bit fantasy looking. And we really like it when our characters are very weird looking that the... The settings are basically um, very uh, uh, realistic, uh, and this is uh, based on a, a, a house. I don't know if, if you call it the houseboats, but yeah, uh, yeah, a living boat. We have a lot of those in the Netherlands. My wife's mother and step stepfather live on a, a boat, so uh, oh, cool. yeah, we, okay. we see it a lot. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that it's uh, you have different kind of lighting. It's 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 lower, so it's a bit that makes it a little bit depressing sometimes, but. If you have a, a, a better one, it's probably not uh, not very low. We're always searching for parts uh, in the set that, if, especially when it's a very short film, you have a very short amount of time to really uh, type a kind of person he is. So if the setting, it's partly it's the way he looks and his clothes, but the, the, the house he lives in is a really nice way to show what kind of person he is. Nice. Yeah, our characters are very weird and our settings are more realistic, but then we want to make him as specific as possible. So this is a grading test, finding out which palette we like. 
we try a lot of colors and then we uh, show each other what we came up with and then we choose which one we think. Uh, and, and so uh, we work in uh, Cinema 4D. So this is uh, a part of the, uh, the animation file. And uh, we also have a small cameo in the film. So oh, nice. There's a brief moment where the, the two characters run through an ad agency and we pretend to work at that ad agency. That's, what, that's, that's one thing that's really funny, isn't it, about working in a, you know, a, a studio, adding your little Easter eggs that kind of only you guys pick up on. Or A lot of times when we, when we want to have something on the wall, um, we have a lot of posters from our films, but also from Job's music project, which is uh, White Yeti. That's also something we uh, we we love to to uh, to add to the uh, to the setting. So your pipeline, your renderers, it's it's a mix of Maya, Cinema 4D, Redshift, and Octane. Was it two render engines for one project, or do you use the two across different ones? Yeah, we 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 uh, started out using just the the okay heads together or couple of the, the the short film. That was the first project we did with uh, with Octane. Oh, okay. And then we also did a live with Octane, which worked really well. Uh, well, we uh, wanted to uh, make the, the, the series uh, for Swap. <laughs> I was convinced by people that I should try uh, Redshift. Okay. And it worked really well. But nice. I find it hard. Redshift has a lot more options than, uh, than Octane. Uh, but I also like the fact that Octane didn't really have that much buttons. And it, it looks nice right out of the, out of the, out of the box. So... Also because uh, Cinema 4D acquired Redshift a few years ago, we probably stick with uh, Redshift, but it's not because Octane wasn't uh, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't working for us. It was, okay. it was all a great render engine. And the reason why we we uh, also use Maya is a bit of a weird one because we uh, the, the three of us only work in in cinema basically. The animators we wanted to use for uh, for the the, the children series. They were all all all, all uh, very much into Maya. Eventually, we had a guy making a, a pipeline for us, and he 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 found a way that 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 if we made a a layout or a blocking in Cinema, that would go to Maya as an uh, alembic. Right. right. And then they animated, and we'll come back as an alembic to Cinema, and then we could render and uh, and light and shade everything in Cinema. It, it worked really well, um, and if, because I had sometimes I wanted to do some tweaks myself, I also learned a little bit of Maya mm-hmm. to make sure I could work with it. Gotcha. And Maya did have some big advantages, like Animbot, uh, the animation. Oh, Animbot, yeah, gotcha, yeah. The, the weird thing is that we also consider using Blender, and it's a Dutch uh, company also. We, yeah. we we know the guys uh, that started it, and we 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 were really uh, on the fence: should we use Maya, should we use Cinema, or should we use Blender? Because in the Netherlands, I think we have twenty good animators, and that's that's it. So, uh, so so if if those twenty animators don't want to work in cinema, you don't have good animators. Oh, it's, okay. It's simple as that. And they didn't want to work in Blender at that point. Eventually, uh, a Dutch studio called the Supereens did a project in Blender, and also uh, gave everybody the opportunity to learn Blender nice. before the projects. So at this point, if we would hire the same uh, people, they also would know Blender. Talking about the stop motion look, any tips or tricks that you use, whether it's the renderer, whether it's the animation style or the textures, is there anything that you use in particular to get that feel for, without giving away your secrets? Worry about it. I don't want secrets. But, but, but like I said at the beginning, it's not really um, our aim to, um, uh, to, to, to imitate uh, stop motion. No. Otherwise, we would go even further in, in, in texturing. The textures are very basic, so mm-hmm. it's just glossiness mm-hmm. and reflection. That's basically it. But I think the lighting is very specific. Right. 
because we did make uh, characters by hand uh, when we did stop motion, we have so, we have some sort of feeling of how how detailed you could make mm-hmm. with your hands. For instance, fingernails. I would never make fingernails no. on a stop motion puppet. That would be too much detail. And also with the with with the with the character design with the the set design, Yop always refers a little bit to Playmobil. So oh, how would nice. this look in Playmobil? And that nice. would be probably a good starting point to stylize uh, uh, an object. Right. We've actually got some questions from our Discord community. And Ash Frank Hart says, uh, is there a given timeline from concept to end product or do you just let it take as long as it takes? Oh, that's a good question. We never did a project that didn't have a, a, a strict deadline because you can make short films without a deadline, but a lot of times we made a short film, it was part of a, a competition. Mm-hmm. So the competition was, for instance, um, uh, ten, uh, we, we give 10 filmmakers a budget to make a film and it has to be screened on the Dutch Film Festival next year. Right. So you always have uh, a, a deadline uh, with it. A good example for, a, for a, a, a project with a deadline was the music video we did for FIT, which is called Takes Too Long. It's a short music video completely in slow motion. And the reason it's slow motion is basically because it was a lot less time. Because you animate a few frames and then you stretch it, you got a slow motion music video. And it fitted with the lyrics, so it turned out, uh, obviously if it would be rubbish with the lyrics, we wouldn't do it, but... It's the starting point was how can we make something because we don't have that much time that we can make. And, um, and I think a lot of our the complexity of our characters and our sets is also a lot of times influenced by how much time we have. And we, I would be really worried if we would have all the time in the world. Yes. I don't think we would be yeah. Yeah, that's, it's good to have a deadline and definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for answering that. We've got one more question from our the Discord community from Matrix. And I think you may have already answered this one. Um, but yeah, how did you get into this line of work? I think we've mentioned coming from a product design background. Yeah, I can add to that a little bit. Please. That, uh, we were at the, uh, the, the, the design school making chairs and that, those kind of stuff. We also, we like movies and we also tried to tell, tell the story with objects. Mm-hmm. We found out that, that we would be happier making stories. And the cool thing about the academy we did was when we said, uh, we don't want to make chairs, we want to make uh, films. Is that also possible? They said, that's also possible. As nice. long as it's designed in a way that we can uh, have an opinion on, that's, that's great. So uh, they gave us a lot of freedom. And, and the reason we did animation because was because when we started out with live action, uh, we always had to act ourselves, which we can't do, or we should ask uh, people to act. And then we were very frustrated if you don't have total control. So if an actor doesn't look like you want them, doesn't move right. like you want them, it's very frustrating. And I can imagine that there's people that are more spontaneous than I am that like the fact that something happens be in front of the camera, that's not what you expected, but we don't like that. No. We just want exactly what we have in our heads. Yeah. And if you're like that and a bit of a control freak, that animation is uh, the job for you. Yeah, and you can go in and tweak and change rather than doing a reshoot with an actor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. Well, yeah, that's our um, Discord questions. So thanks for answering those, uh, Yoris. Well, can we just ask you about any advice for people wanting to start their own animation studio? You know, 
to start with, uh, I think a lot of people, um, I, I think they are too ambitious and then don't finish it. So they come up with a story for 10 minutes. And if you would have come up with a story for one minute, you would have finished it. And that means you're probably not going to finish it. That's a mistake we see a lot of times. I think the fact that we work together, we don't have all the skills uh, in one person. So I can't make music, but I have the option to make music. And uh, Marieke is the better writer. And so we have all these skills combined. And if you work to, in your own, it's it's a lot harder to make something from begin to end. And uh, I would always say work together. Always uh, a threesome uh, is, is great. A, a three-piece studio makes sure that there's always uh, a majority for one thing. So you don't really have endless discussions. If you were the two, if you're two people, I think that's really a lot harder because the world says, says A, the other says B, and how, how would you resolve that? And I think that works really well with us. And yeah, clearly, it, you know, it really, it's great that you've got this mixed bag of skill sets and there's three people as a core studio, you know, scale up, scale down, but that's a, that's a great foundation that you've got to, to be working on projects together. Is there anything particularly that you want to mention or, or talk about if you want to give anyone a shout out or if you wanted to mention <laughs> anything in particular? Maybe a shout out to everybody who did work with us because we, we do a lot with three of us, but we're also very grateful for the, the freelancers who did, uh, who did help us out with, uh, with Swap. Um, maybe uh, maybe um, uh, as a last thing, something that was really fun. Uh, well, uh, when, when uh, our short film was nominated for an Oscar, we got to go to to uh, LA and meet all the big animation studios. We really look up to people that work at Disney, at DreamWorks, Pixar, and all those companies. We have the feeling that we can't really uh, compare to those kinds of studios and those kinds of people that work there. So we were a bit intimidated showing our, st- our stuff uh, at, the, at those studios because that was the idea that we would show, our st- the, all the nominated uh, filmmakers would show their films. For instance, at Pixar, we, we got to talking with, uh, with a few of the people uh, that work at Pixar and saw our short films and they thought, well, it would be great to have a three-person studio to do my own stuff. And I was thinking, why would you think that's great? You're working at Pixar, but that's also not... Yeah, it's a great company, but what we're having is also something to be very Definitely. happy. That was that was a quite a good learning uh, learning experience. Definitely, that's that's the beauty, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a double edged sword where a lot of people, you know, they do want to work for the the big reputable companies and they want to work on the big feature films, but there's something so freeing and um, you know liberating about being able to work on your own ideas and just have a small studio that you can kind of just create anything that you want. Uh, at a big studio, I will probably be the one uh, animating the the, 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 the the trees in the back or something. Sure. I would never have that much creative uh, opportunities. Yeah. So for, for me, uh, this is better. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel the same and I can definitely relate to that. Do you find that if you, well, not that you, if you didn't have kids, but if you were to be kid free, would you work till midnight or do you, so uh, our daughter is 12 years old, and I think all the stuff the studio did, which is uh, uh, worth mentioning, we did in the last 12 years. So okay. it didn't really uh, have a negative impact Brilliant. on uh, on our productivity. Good. So so that 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 idea that we could work all night that's uh, that's already almost uh, there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we uh, we would because a lot of times it doesn't really turn out to be that uh, efficient. Yeah, it's it can kind of almost be sort of sometimes counterproductive where you know people burn out or 
they're you know they're so stuck on this one thing and then you need to kind of break and fresh eyes and then uh, you yeah. know revisit it and yeah i mean it's something that we, we we do talk about a lot you know that work-life balance um you know some people yeah they work 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 and then they break or some people that we've spoken to they work and set a timer for 25 minutes and then they go and walk and, and rest for like yeah, 15 more. minutes and they come back. So they, you know, it's just interesting to, to hear about yeah, yeah. people. It's the, yeah, it's, it's for everybody, it's probably a balance, but yeah. the, the most of the times it's so much fun that it isn't really a bad thing sure. to be working on it at night at the weekend. So at this point we don't need to, but it's never something to complain about sure. because it's still one of the greatest jobs you can have. Awesome stuff, man. Uh, Yaris, really appreciate your time. Thank you. And yeah, send our love to you and the team. And we'll speak to you soon. I will. Thank you very much. Awesome, Yaris. Great to meet you. Take care. Take care. Bye, Yaris. (laughs) Bye, mate. If you're looking for more conversations like this and can't wait for the next episode, head over to our YouTube channel or follow the link in the episode description.